Hey guys, it's Maya and I just wanted to jump on here and promote my takes Instagram really quick because we're doing a lot of fun things. I'm doing more posts, more stories, and I also have to say I've started a new series called The Bottom Shelf and it's video reviews, IGTV video reviews, and I think they're super fun and they're all on the Instagram. So go follow my take on social media and specifically on Instagram at underscore my take. So for those of you who don't know, one of my absolute favorite book series is A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. The first book in that series was the very first book I ever did a podcast episode on three years ago, as you guys are listening to this. And so I've always found it fun when a Holly Jackson release lines up with my anniversary. That was the case with Good Girl Bad Blood. It came out right around my takes anniversary, so it was my anniversary episode, and now the same is true for Five Survive. Well, Five Survive didn't come out right around this time, but I've been sitting on my notes for this for a while, so I figured, hey, if it's if I sat on it for this long, I might as well make it my anniversary episode. So, happy anniversary to me and to my take, and also, I am looking forward to talking about Five Survive. For those of you who don't know, it's the new Holly Jackson book. Basically, Red and a bunch of her friends are on this RV trip for their spring break, but it becomes clear that the busted tire that they get was on purpose and somebody, like, wants information from them and is trapping them. And it's, like, I'm pretty sure the tagline's, like, eight hours, six friends, like, five survive or something. It's, like, big and dramatic and, like, dun, 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 you know? So... It was so good. It was so intense. I was, like, freaking the fuck out the entire time I was reading it. The last, like, hundred pages, I was sitting down, and every so often I'd go, Huh? Oh my god! What's happening? Huh? Huh? And Marissa was like, What are you doing? And I was like, It's the book. You don't understand. So, it was really good. I really enjoyed reading it, and I'm so excited to talk about it, especially because it's an anniversary episode. Books, TV, music, and movies. All things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who listened, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I am Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. So as always with the book, we are going to start with a little bit on the writing, and did I plan this episode? No. So it's going to be a little mishmash, a little hectic, but it's fine. One thing is that we get a map and we get the RV layout, and I really, really enjoyed that and loved that we had that aspect of it, and the layout and everything was super fun. The dialogue between the characters was super great. I remember there was a line, I think it was Simon, about, like, if I want to die drunk, I'm going to die drunk, thank you and good night. And, like, I texted that to my friends, and they were all laughing about that, so that was funny. Because I was like, oh, that's, like, our motto, basically. It was just very comforting. Like, the layout of the book was very similar to the physical layout of A Good Girl's Guide to Murder and its accompanying books. And so it, like, felt very nice. I felt very comfortable. I was like, I know I'm in a Holly Jackson book. I know I'm in a Holly Jackson universe. And also, because I knew I was in a Holly Jackson book and universe, I was suspicious as fuck the entire time. I was like, 
you know, red, super spacey in the beginning. So maybe it has something to do with red. But then I was like thinking about as good as dead. And I was like, no, like I feel like it wouldn't like with how that played out, we can't play out a similar fashion in this and stuff. And so like it was just really good and intense. And Holly Jackson is really good at creating suspense and drama and weaving together narratives. And so I had an amazing time reading it. I am a little scared though because she posted a reel holding up as good as dead and five survived being like oh when people tell you your books are unhinged but like you haven't even gone as unhinged as you wanted to or like you thought it was tame so like I'm scared for where she's gonna take us in the future but I love her writing I love her books they're just so good and beautiful and I love them so I had an amazing time reading this one and the writing was great. Had I planned this out, maybe I would have had more to say, but oh well. Now we're gonna jump into the plot. So like I talked about in the writing section, I was on edge from the get-go in this book. I was like, okay, we know like someone in the RV has to be involved in like why they're getting pulled over right and why people are going through such elaborate measures to try and stop them and supposedly kill someone on board so I was like okay who is it like let's put my detective skills together let's figure this out and I was like okay red is really spacey so are we gonna have an instance of an unreliable narrator but then I was like no I don't think she did anything like she grew up really poor she had an alcoholic father like her mom died there was a lot of circumstances that would attribute to her narration and just her as a person being kind of spacey and all over the place so there was that and then I was like okay well Oliver clearly is not it because my first impressions of him was he was a snobby little probably Republican bitch and he's really judgy about college and really boastful when he's telling the story of like his mom's mafia case and how his mom's the best and everything and like I was just like okay so this dude's like a preppy boy and he's like gonna be annoying and the character I hate the most throughout the entire book but he's also not like the villain you know like he's just a little bitch but he's not the villain so then there was Oliver and then you know you're driving down you have your first impressions and then they bust their tire and you're like okay so this is the start of it because we all know as readers obviously they're gonna get stuck they try to find the spare and fix the tire and as they're doing that all four tires burst and they get shot at and I was not expecting it to go from like zero to a hundred that quickly like I knew there would be some sort of like contact between their captor and them but I didn't know it would go from like burst tire to like by the way there's someone shooting at you within the first like 20 something pages of the book like it was a very quick turnaround but also it felt very like slow like we did actually get a sense of build-up and a sense of like who the characters were and what the dynamics were and like how kind of funky this trip was and stuff like it was well written but like we do jump into the action very quickly and of course because we're being shot at and we're in a dire situation Oliver is being a dick and he's like board up the RV and like taking charge and stuff and like 
I hated him. I just, mm, I hated him. Like, I know it's nice to have someone take charge in, like, a crisis situation, but still, he was a dick. And then we find a walkie-talkie, and so we learn that they are being shot at because it was super planned. Like, this thing was really planned out, and someone knows a secret on the RV, and basically, until the person who knows the secret outs themselves, like, they're not gonna be able to leave. And so Oliver thinks it's all about his mom's mob case. And at first I was like, nah. Like, dude, you just think it's all about you. It's not all about you. Like, what is happening? This is weird. But then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, we do hear a lot about this case. And like, nothing, especially in a mystery thriller book, nothing is accidental, right? So we're not just discussing I mean, I guess in a lot of books, but like specifically mystery and thriller, like either it's a red herring or it's important. So we're not just discussing his mom's case for the sake of it. We're discussing his mom's case because it has importance. We later learn to find out that like it has importance because Red's mom was executed with her own gun. And like we presume that Red's mom was executed by the mob and like Red has some tie into this case and stuff. And so... Oliver wasn't necessarily wrong, but at first I was like, really? Like, this feels like a lot of effort to go through. Like, Oliver, the world is not all around, centered around you, which I guess was Holly Jackson doing her job as an author because it meant I was not paying attention and I was not immediately looking at the case to parse through it and figure out what was actually going on. But it was an intense situation and they're like actually pretty smart about it. Like, they use the mirror to trick the sniper into shooting but then there's like people outside and like we're told you know like you're surrounded da, 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 like nice trick but that's not gonna work and then and then don and joyce arrive and they offer help and they're so sweet and he's like constantly like don't tell them anything you tell them anything i'm gonna kill them da, 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 da. so we're like okay we hope that oliver slips them in the note no one knows the wiser Don and Joyce return to their car, but of course, because the RV is supposedly bugged, we don't find a bug, but Don and Joyce get killed anyways. So we're like, how did you do that? Oh, obviously the RV has to be bugged. And so we search for a bug. We don't find a bug. Simon, then Lord bless Simon. I'm a Simon stan. I loved him because he was probably the one that made the comment about dying drunk. And he's like, yeah, y'all, like my uncle sells stolen cars and this RV is a stolen car so like maybe we're in trouble because of that and I'm like dude no one is going through that much trouble simply because you stole a car like no (laughs) it's not that hard like if you stole a car puncture a tire pull them over and be like hey that's my car or like call the cops or something like there are a lot more legal remedies to getting your stolen car back than like being a crazy psycho that kidnaps ostensibly kidnaps people so I love that Simon thinks that and he tries with a confession and then when that doesn't work Oliver goes on this power trip and he's like okay clearly the person outside is listening to us so everybody give me your phones and everybody strip down so I can see you're not wearing a wire and all of this time Oliver has been hiding a secret and we know he's been hiding a secret because Raina his girlfriend is like why don't we just say anything? And he's like, no, it'll ruin my future, it'll ruin my mom's case. 
I'm the prep school boy with the dirty little secret and I can't share. And it turns out his secret is that he hit a man. He claims it's in self-defense. It really wasn't in self-defense. And the guy ended up dying. He like passed out when they left, but then they didn't do anything about it. Like they didn't call medical assistance or anything. And the guy ended up dying. And Raina's actually kind of wrapped up in this too because Raina pretended she didn't know the guy, but really the guy was her side hoe because Raina wasn't happy with Oliver because Oliver's a dick. So that actually was not as surprising as I thought it was going to be. I feel like usually in books, especially when like famous people have this secret, it usually has to do with like the pain or the hurt or the tragedy of like another significantly less important character so that one like made sense to me and of course like that's not the secret right like it's good that Oliver got it out there because like fuck you but it's not the secret the secret part of part of the secret is that Red is actually the witness in this mafia case which wasn't necessarily a big shock like we were all assuming Red had something to do with the case. Obviously, the further we get into it and as more theories start being a bust as to, like, what the secret is, the case becomes one of the only things left. So, Red is the witness in the Mafia case, and she reveals this simply because Oliver decides to start choking Arthur because Arthur's, like, the new kid at school, and everybody's like, we don't really know about him. So, Oliver's like, well, I'm going to choke him for answers because that is a logical thing to do. Yeah. I don't even know. But so Red admits that she's the witness and then Oliver's like, okay, well you clearly are who they want. Like they want to kill you. So let's just throw you out of the van as if this is Survivor and you can just vote people off the island. So Oliver's like, okay, get her out of the van. And then obviously Maddie's like, we're not going to go sacrificing my best friend. And Arthur's like, you can't just throw people to the wolves. So we end up having a secret vote, being like, vote for if you think Red should stay or if she should go. And the vote goes 3-2 in Red's favor, so she should live. But Oliver decides to force her out of the van anyways because he doesn't have any regard for anybody else except himself. So he's like, bye, bitch. And then Arthur has to run out there and rescue her. But then when she went out, Red wasn't shot at. And so Oliver's like, okay, so it's clearly like Red has some sort of protection or immunity or some sort of something. And so Oliver's like, Maddie, you dress as Red. They won't shoot at you. You go get help. And this is kind of where all hell goes loose, breaks loose, because Maddie leaves and she does actually get shot. She gets shot in the thigh. Red, thankfully, is able to go out and get her and get her back into the RV. And then we find, like, another channel on the walkie-talkie. We've been trying to do that this entire time, like, flipping through channels, trying to see if we can find another one to get help. But Arthur has been the mole this entire time and has been feeding the sniper information. And there was only ever one sniper. It's just Arthur and somebody else so like they were definitely lying about the position they held and the power they had to like keep the upper hand which honestly smart like they can't leave they don't know lie but like 
annoying because we obviously are on Red's side and we want Red to be safe, but he was the mole and I knew, okay, I had a sneaking suspicion about Arthur. One, because he was getting really close to Red and was really nice to Red and I was like, mm, mm, mm. We've already known one really good boyfriend in a Holly Jackson series. Like, I don't believe the next love interest is going to be so, like, good, you know? But also, he checked for lights on the roof and he was the only one that checked for lights on the roof and he was like, yeah, no, it's fine. And I was like, that's suspicious. Nobody went up there with him. Like, if somebody had gone up there with him, maybe they would have seen something different or saw him do something or whatever. So I was like, this is suspicious. Nobody checked. And I was so validated when Arthur was the mole. I was like, this sucks, obviously, because Red, like, kind of liked him. But also, I was so validated. I was like, fuck yes. I knew it from the very beginning. What I didn't know and didn't guess was that he is Frank Goth's son. And so Frank Goth is the main mafia boss that Catherine is trying to put away. Now, he's his son, and Red is only being paid to pretend to be a witness to a crime. She didn't actually witness this crime, but Catherine Lavoy is running for DA, wants to run for DA, so wants to have this case, or she is DA and she wants to run for senator. She has some sort of political ambition, so she's like, okay, I'm doing this case, and like, this is how it's going to happen and everything. And she needs a witness. So she pays Red to be the witness because obviously Red is like destitute and needs any chance she can get. And because it works out, Red's mom was likely executed by the mob. However, in all of this coming out, we learn that Catherine Lavoy was a contact for the mob in the DA's office and leaking secrets. And Red's mom was killed because Catherine killed her because Red's mom was getting really close to figuring out who the contact in the DA's office was and Catherine couldn't have that. And this entire time, Maddie low-key knew that her mom off Red's mom. That's why Maddie was like, don't talk about moms in front of Red. Don't talk about it. It's not an okay subject. No. No, we can't talk about it. And I'm just like, bitch, fuck you. Like, ugh. I get it. Like, you can't be held responsible for the actions of your parents. But, like, wh why? Like, I thought Oliver was the bastard. But turns out it was really Maddie. Because Oliver, at least, was pretty, like, fair in his disdain for things. And, like... You knew what you were getting with Oliver. You did not know what you were getting with Maddie, clearly, because she pretended to be best friends with somebody whose mom, her mom, shot in cold blood. And basically, the reason why Catherine, like, played both sides is because she had some saying about, like, planning, basically. She was like, you have to plan for a lot of situations, Otherwise, like, you're doomed to fail. If you don't plan for both sides, you're doomed to fail or something. And so it worked out that, like, if Red got shot or, like, somehow it basically, the logic made sense that if Red died or if Red was able to testify, either way, Catherine 
would get the case, win the case, and then get to be elected DA or senator or whatever. So all of this, like, oh my god, what the heck kind of secrets are flying out. And then the cops show up. And Oliver nicks Arthur in the neck in this scramble. Oliver then is shot by a sniper. So I think Oliver's dead. And then Red is shot. But then, like, you realize the cop shot Red twice. And then later on, as Red's, like, recovering in the hospital, Arthur executes Catherine. But, like, Maddie and Red survived. And Arthur, like, his last message is that he'll be waiting for Red if that's what she wants. And that's where this book fucking ends. And I don't think Holly Jackson plans on writing another book in this universe because, like, what else is there to explore in the sense that, like, Catherine was executed, Red's mom was executed, the mob, da 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 Like, we've wrapped up all the loose ends, so, like, the only thing she would be exploring would be Red and Arthur's situation. And she doesn't write romance. She writes, like, scary thrillers with romance tied into it. So I was, like, very much what the fuck is going on oh my god I can't believe this is happening and then mad that was where it ended and then as I got time away from the book I could appreciate how it ended so to wrap up this episode if you couldn't tell I loved this one I love anything Holly Jackson and I was so so excited about the release of this one after a good girl's guide to murder had ended and everything and there was nothing else and I was like okay I need more Holly Jackson in my life. I love her as an author. So I was very excited to read this one. It definitely lived up to the hype. I had an amazing time reading it. I love when a Holly Jackson book coincides with my take anniversary because it is my take's third anniversary. I can't believe this thing is three years old. Like I've been podcasting basically every week for the last three years, which is freaking wild to me. But Thank you guys so much for listening and for supporting me throughout this entire crazy journey and everything. Like, I, the support means the absolute fucking world to me. And yeah, (laughs) I have been Maya Ghosh, and this has been my take on Five Survive by Holly Jackson. Thanks for listening. So we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore my take on Twitter and Instagram. And please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.